0: God's overflow that's our lesson tonight we're continuing that series living in God's overflow father God we pray that the mighty Holy Spirit would guide and lead us during this study Holy Spirit have your way tonight speak to your people renew us breathe upon us may we experience your fresh wind even tonight make the crooked places straight tonight in jesus name amen you know um god kind of spoke this to me even coming home from work today uh concerning his willingness that we possess everything that he's bought for us. That the blood of Jesus has bought for us. I found in uh, Joshua chapter 18, God told uh, Joshua to tell the people that uh, they were, some of them were reluctant to possess all the land that God had for them. Matter of fact, I want to go there. Joshua 18, this now, I know that's not in my notes. I always do that. But uh, I just feel led to go there. Joshua 18. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. So the land was prepared to be taken. God had already Given them the land so it was subdued the bible says before them and the bible says and there remained among the children of israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance so there were seven tribes who were reluctant to go in and possess what god had for them the bible goes on to say and joshua said unto the children of israel how long Are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord your God, the God of our fathers, had given unto you? So Joshua was even getting frustrated. He says, how long are you going to take to go in and possess what's already yours? And so much of the time I think about the New Testament church. The Bible says God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There's nothing that uh, the cross has not bought for us. God wants us to experience his very best. He wants us to possess all of our inheritance. You know, when we get to heaven, sure enough, you know, we're going to walk the streets of gold and live in our mansions and experience life outside of this natural world. But there's some things that God wants us to experience now. And that's, uh, that's what he's talking about here. He says, don't fail to enter into that which god has for us the healing the mighty prosperity the power of the holy ghost unlimited god says all these things jesus died on the cross so that we could experience and um a lot of times i think we get talked out of it the overflow is ours god's overflow is ours we touched on some of that last week. We talked about how God wants us to sit down at the table and eat. He wants us to experience him on on on, uh, on the unlimited level of the power of the Holy Spirit. But we have to be willing to go in and really believe these things, that God is not holding anything back. The only thing that God is holding back is his glory. He said, I'll share my glory with nobody, but... I'll share my you know, my inheritance. The inheritance Jesus said I'll share my my inheritance with the church. we will join heirs with Him, and Jesus says I want my church before I come back. I want my church to walk in divine power. I want them to experience Me on the level of the, of the resurrection. And this is our portion, and God wants us to. So. We're not going to be like those reluctant children of Israel who refused to go in. They eventually went in, but they they were reluctant. And we're not going to be reluctant because we know our rights. Amen. I say we know our rights. We know what is legally ours by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're not going to settle for anything less. Amen. Let's go to uh, Psalms 25 and let's uh, look at something here. Psalms 25. Living in God's overflow. What God is trying to do for us is renew our minds to the, his willingness to bless us. His willingness to take us to a new levels of power. New levels of unlimited grace. It says here in uh, 25, Psalms 25 verse 12. What, is, what, what man is he that feareth the Lord? That reverence is God. That word fear, again, it, it means to reverence God. Him shall he teach in the way that he should choose. So God wants to teach us. But we have to be willing students. We have to be willing to believe what he says when, he, when he's teaching us. The Bible says his soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. So somebody say divine ease is my portion. The Bible says here in verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that reverence him, them that put him first, them that seek him with all of their hearts. Those who really and truly are serious with God will experience God on the level that God wants them to. The secret of the Lord is with them that reverence him, and he will show them his covenant. So God. The Bible says he wants to show us his covenant, all the blessings of Abraham. All the resurrection power that is ours through Christ. God says, I want my New Testament church in their generation to experience it. Maybe other generations have not uh, walked in it, but we're going to walk in it. Amen. We're going to be those who really and truly experience God on the level that God wants us to. Because we're going to believe his promises. We're going, to, we're going to trust in the covenant like no other generation has before. Amen. But we got to get stirred up about it. Amen. We have, to, we have to really and truly believe these things. And as we go through the scriptures tonight, I don't want you and I to just read them religiously. I want us to read them with faith, with an understanding that everything that we read tonight... God truly wants us to experience it we will have, We will have challenges. we will have devils trying to stop us. We will have the enemy trying to put roadblocks, but that 's a clear indication when you get a roadblock that that portion that 's your portion that thing that you're believing God for that is yours. The enemy just doesn 't want you to experience it let 's go to Psalms chapter one. I think we touched on this. Last week, we kind of ended here last week in Psalms chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word blessed, some people translate it, those who are empowered to prosper. That's what blessed is. When when God blesses somebody, he empowers you to prosper and succeed and experience everything that the covenant promises. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. He spends quality time in the word of God. He allows the Word of God to renew his mind, to renew his thinking, to uh, give him the reality, the new creature reality. He begins to understand that he is no longer a sinner, but now he's a saint. He, he begins to understand that the spirit realm is now his to experience. Because he has meditated long enough in the word of God to believe that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new to him. So he enters into the things of God by faith, no reluctance, no doubting, but understanding that all these things have been prepared for us before the foundation of the world. And God is serious about us experiencing them in our generation. He gave his only begotten son that we might experience it. His own blood speaks out on the mercy seat saying, I want my children to know Holy Ghost power in their generation. His delight is in the law of the Lord and in his, in his law does he meditate day and night. Day and night he makes a serious effort. To allow the Holy Spirit to renew his thinking. Then the Bible says. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So meditation on the word of God will produce this type of life. If I remain steadfast in it. And I'm not turned away when things get difficult. When trials and difficulty come, I press in even more because I know that I'm going to experience what God says I'm going to experience. I'm willing to fight for it. I develop a determination. Amen. That I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to be like that bulldog who grabs hold and refuses to let go. No matter what, no matter what challenge, no matter what fiery trial I must experience, I'm going to experience God's best for my life. And I'm going to be the testimony to others that it's possible. Somebody say amen to that. So this is, this is the mentality that God is uh, giving us in this hour. A mentality of a refusal to not be denied. We're not going to be denied of these things. Because we really and truly believe that God wants us to know these things in our generation. And to be a light to a dark world. Amen. See, when, when they see you and I walking in the light. And experiencing our God on that level. The world and everybody, when they see that, it's going to make them hungry and thirsty. We're going to be salt, amen? And we're going to make them thirsty for our God because of the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling on us and in us. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. I want to see, look at some outstanding scriptures. Old Testament scriptures that talk about the willingness of God to bless his people, to bless his new covenant people, or his old covenant people, as well as his new covenant people. Because all the the promises of the old covenant, they are not as powerful as the promises of the new covenant. Let's look at verse 18 of chapter 11. Therefore shall you lay up, These my words, somebody say his words, these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be frontlets between your eyes. In other words, God says you got to be serious about this. I want you to keep my word before you at all times because your reward will be great. And you shall teach them your children. So the blessing is to be generational. Amen. It's supposed to go from generation to generation. He says you'll you'll teach them to your children, speaking of them, when thou settest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou rise it up. So that's all the time. We gotta be speaking the word. We gotta, we're gonna teach our children to speak the word day and night, all through the day. We're meditating on who we are in Christ. That's what we're doing. We're constantly re- being renewed in our thinking concerning the new creature reality. We truly believe that old things have passed away. Sickness and disease, that's, that's a part of our past. Lack and poverty, that's not something that we experience in our generation. We say no to it every time it rises up. We cast down every imagination that would try to bind us to it. Because we've been set free and we understand we've been set free. It's revelation now. It's not just head knowledge, but it's heart knowledge. We truly believe these things now. He says here in verse 20, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of your house and upon your gates. That in your days may be multiplied. Somebody say long life. You know, until we finish our assignment, we're not leaving here till we finish our assignment. Amen. We just made up our minds that this is our portion. This is how we're going to live. We will not be denied these things. And your days shall be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them. And I got this highlighted as the days of heaven upon earth. Oh, that's good. So, so God said that. He says, I want my people, my covenant people. These were old covenant people, Old Testament people. But God says, I want them to experience life on earth just as if they were in heaven. That's God talking. In other words, no bondage, no, no weakness, no fear, none of those things that are common to the natural man. God says, I want my people to walk free of that. I want them to experience a life like of heaven upon earth. Somebody say amen to that. Let's look at verse uh, chapter 8. Well let's no let's finish let's finish that verse twenty two. Verse twenty two because this is imperative here if we're going to experience that. For if you shall diligently keep all these commandments, which I command you, to do them, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. That's very important. So so if I'm going to experience that, these things that God is talking about. I must develop a heart, ask God to give me a heart that clings to him. Again, I always, when I, when I get to talking along these lines, I always want us to remember that in our own strength we can't do it. We have to ask God to give us a heart that clings to him. We have to ask God to give us the power of the Holy Ghost in such a way that we cling to him with all of our might. With all of our strength in the power of the Spirit. I think Joshua and Moses counsel Israel along these lines. He says, cling to the Lord your God. Keep him first. Make sure that you don't get the big head and think that it's you. If you can do that, if you can pass that one test, you can experience the power of God in unlimited ways. Amen. So he says, cling unto God, cling unto him, and the the impossible will be yours. Amen? Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now these are some outstanding verses of Scripture right here. And I just want you to take these in tonight. God is talking to Israel, his Old Testament people. He says, for the Lord your God bringeth you into the good land. Somebody say the good land. The good land, a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. Remember, Israel was an agricultural nation. Prosperity was measured along these lines. If they were flowing with uh, wheat, if they were flowing with uh, pomegranates, if they were flowing with barley and figs, they were experiencing the best that God had to offer for them. Same holds true with you and I. God wants us to experience him in this way. Right now. I don't care what you've experienced up until now. This is the season where we go in and we possess the land. We're not going to be like those seven tribes who are reluctant, but we'll believe these promises and nothing shall hinder us anymore from experiencing these things. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. The last couple of weeks. The enemy has really been fighting me. And I know when he fights me like this, this is a message that he don't want preached. I mean, I've been going through some stuff. But I'm here to tell you, the devil is a liar. And some of y'all have been going through some stuff. The devil is a liar. You're going to experience every promise that God has placed in your heart. You're going to do everything that God has spoken to you in the, in the, in, in, in the quiet times. It's not a dream, but you're going to experience it. Amen? Amen. And, and, and if God hasn't spoken to you up until now, ask Him to. Ask Him to. Cause He will. He's not, He's not a respecter of persons. He'll do it for anybody who'll submit themselves to Him. Amen. A land wherein thou shalt, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarcity. My God. <laughs> thou shalt not lack anything in it, in this land. In this season, we're going to experience abundance like we've never experienced it before. Abundant healing. Abundant finances. Abundant family life. All of it's going to be ours. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. My God. When thou hast eaten... And art full. Somebody say full. <laughs> when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord your God for the good land which he hath given thee. Glory to God. So, so the Bible says when you've eaten and are full. Again, speaking of the overflow. Speaking of God's willingness for us to experience that overflow without limits. If we can believe for it. Now, he was speaking to Israel, and he was serious about all these things, but Israel had to, had to get their minds right. They had just come out of uh, slavery for 400 years, and God had to get that slave mentality out of them, and he did. But he, after he got that slave mentality out of them, he began to speak to them covenant promises, covenant blessings. Just like the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you and I to experience that power in unlimited measure. The rain of the Holy Ghost in this our generation is about to fall. It's about to fall like never before. But it will fall on those who will get under the rain. Don't run away from the rain when it starts raining. Get under it and stay under it. And allow God to do that work which he wants to do. That's a good verse 13. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, notice the Bible doesn't say if, it says when. He says, All my covenant people are going to experience this. And when the, your herds and your flocks multiply, and thy silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast has multiplied. So our God is in the multiplication. He loves to multiply. He loves to lavish his people, if his people will believe for it. And again, somebody say, well, I don't need all that. Well, it's not all for you. (laughs) It's for you to give away. It's for you to be a blessing. He told Abraham, I'm blessing you for the purpose so that you can be a blessing to others. And so when God begins to multiply us with these things, he does it for the sole purpose that we would share his blessings with everybody, other people. Amen? So that's why he blesses us this way. So for me to uh, deny and say that I don't want that, it's really selfish. When you really think about it, it's really selfish because I'm just thinking about myself. But when the multiplication starts happening, and it will happen, because he says when... Be ready to be a distribution center. Be ready to be somebody who, who's willing to give it away because you got so much. Amen. So it's coming. Somebody say it's coming. Let's look at verse 18. And this this verse 18 is going to really um, talk about what I just talked about here. He says, but, when, but thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. He gives us power to get wealth. So if, if wealth was wrong, if wealth was not uh, was an evil thing, God would not give his people power to get it. Amen? He gives us power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto our fathers as it is this day. Now, wealth is our portion. We got to believe for that. Our minds have to be renewed to that. Now, somebody said, well, how do I really tap into that, though? Practically, how does that happen? How does God multiply uh, finances and monies and things like that into my life? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to see a powerful, powerful uh, principle. Chapter 9, verse 6. And this is Paul's writer. He says, but I say, but this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So uh, Paul is talking about a principle here. If I sow sparingly, in other words, if I give sparingly, I'll reap sparingly. But if I give a lot, I'll get a lot back. Amen? Does that make sense? Then he says here in verse 7 Every man, according as he had purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So God says, I want my people to be cheerful when they're giving it away. <laughs> Now, verse 8 here, really opens it up. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So, what what, what is God's grace? His unmerited favor. So, the Bible says He's able to make all this grace abound toward you. And when He does that, the Bible says, that you always... Having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So when I be, when I become a giver, a covenant giver, God says, I'll always make sure that you have something to give away. That's good news right there. He says, when, when I, when I make a decision that I'm going to be a radical giver because I'm so wealthy now, amen? He says, I'll make sure that you always have something to give. And I I use this illustration a lot because when Pastor Goodluck, many years ago, he asked me on Wednesday night to uh, take the offering. And uh, at first I was kind of, I wasn't reluctant to do it, but I was thinking in my mind, in my carnal mind, man, I got to have something every night, every Wednesday to give. You know what I'm saying? Just, Just being real. And when I started doing it, you know, giving something every Wednesday, God always made sure that I had something to give. Every time, every single time, every Wednesday night until this day, I've always had something to give on Wednesday night. Amen. So he'll always make sure that you have all sufficiency to give to every good work. There's no way that you can be broke and uh, living in lack when you follow this principle. Cause God's gonna always make sure that you have something to give. Amen. So every Wednesday, all these years, I've always had something to give. Amen. So that, that principle holds true when we understand it. So I'm gonna read that verse again. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all, the Bible says always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good Work. Amen. As it is written, he that he had dispersed abroad and he had given to the poor, his righteousness remained forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, God gives us a, a, a seed to sow, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So God promises us that he'll multiply every seed that we sow. Amen? So how, how are you going to be in lack? You can't be in lack. It's impossible for you to be in lack if God is constantly multiplying the seed that's sown. Amen! Amen! See... Here, this is what we have to understand these are ju- these are principles of prosperity that I'm talking about tonight this is how we're going to walk in this covenant wealth this is how we're going to walk in this abundance when we re- when we realize that God has placed upon us a grace to prosper a grace to to obtain wealth hallelujah so this is what we're going to do going forward we're going to be those people who experience God's favor in great ways in our generation but we have to be determined to do it now let's look at god's willingness to uh god's divine favor in the life of uh, joseph let's go to uh genesis chapter 45 joseph was uh of course taken into slavery but god prospered him even in slavery Wherever he went, God's grace followed him because he was a covenant man. Genesis 45, verse 17. Now this is Pharaoh talking to Joseph and about to give him covenant favor. God's going to use Pharaoh to give him covenant favor. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph... Say unto your brethren, this do ye. Lay in your beasts and go get you into the land of Canaan. So he tells, uh, uh, Joseph, go back to the land of Canaan. I'm giving you beasts to, I'm giving you, uh, donkeys. I'm giving you cat, uh, horses. I'm giving you whatever you need to go, to get to the land of Canaan. How many of y'all know that's favor right there? He says, and take your father and your households and come unto me, and I will give to you the good land of the, of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat what? The fat of the land. Hallelujah. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. And also regard not your stuff... For the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. <laughs> so he tells Joseph, I'm giving you covenant favor. I'm giving you carte blanche because God has placed that divine favor upon Joseph. That's what God wants to do for you. He says, I'm giving you all of the good land. In our generation, we should, we should believe God for all of the good land, for all of the covenant blessings. For all of the prosperity. For all of the wealth. How many of y'all know the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just? But we gotta believe it. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta accept what God says and we gotta by faith reach out for Him. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there. I'm talking about overflow tonight. I'm talking about God's overflow. I'm talking about God's willingness to promote you in this season. I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty for it. I want it. I want what God has for me. I'm not going to be uh, religious and, and reject it. I'm going to believe what the Bible says and not what people say. Verse 6 of chapter 11. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Talking about God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. So the Bible says God wants to reward you and I. He is a rewarder, the Bible says, of those who diligently seek after him. For those who reverence him, the Bible says God will show them his covenant. He'll show them all the blessings and power of the new covenant. All the power that the the child of God has as a new creature in Christ Jesus. These things will no longer be something that we dream about or that we think about. Or that others experience, but we're going to experience those things in our generation. Somebody say amen to that. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. New sharp threshing instruments with teeth. That's who we are. That's what God is turning us, transforming us into. says here in verse 28 of chapter 10. Then Peter began to say unto him, unto Jesus, Lord, we have left all and have followed you. So Peter is saying, we walked out on everything to follow you. You asked us to follow you. And what, is, what are we going to get? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, there is no man that hath a house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the world to come and eternal life. So Jesus is saying, if you follow me, you're going to be richly rewarded. That's what he says. He says, there's nobody who's going to follow me who is not going to receive double fold, a hundred fold of all the blessings that the, that the covenant promises. But you're also going to receive persecutions. You're also going to receive things that come, the devil's going. is going to put you on the devil's radar. So be, be prepared for that. So here's the thing, we got to get to the point where these these words that we read in the Bible are real to us. That God actually wants us, He actually wants to reward us in this way. Has we reverence Him? Has we cling to Him? Has we put Him first? My mind has got to be renewed to that. No more crumbs. No more insufficiency. No more languishing in sickness and disease. Amen. Free from the curse. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Being made a curse for us. So if he bore the curse, we shouldn't have to. If he, if, if he bore the curse on Calvary, we are free from the curse. We are redeemed from it. And we need to act like it. We need to talk like it. We need to experience it with bulldog determination. Amen. So when the enemy tries to bring the curse to you in any shape or form, you must wholeheartedly reject it. You must say no to it every single time. Because your mind has, has been renewed that these promises that we're talking about tonight is your portion. No more uh, not being able to pay your mortgage on time. No more repossession of your cars. No more empty bank accounts. No. That's not our portion. Our portion is bank accounts. Plural. God began to talk to, talk to, talk to me years ago, you need to open up several accounts, not just one. Several accounts because what I'm about to do for you in your generation, you're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. And I'm telling you, somebody here needs to have an anticipation of the things that I'm talking about tonight. That these are not just words, this is the Holy Ghost speaking to you, telling you that God is about to take you to another level of living. And you're not going to walk in pride. You're not going to walk with a big head. You're going to understand that God is your source. Amen. We're going to be a marvel to the world because of what he's, he's about to do at the Ark Fellowship. Amen. So Jesus told Peter, don't worry about that. I'm going to bless you more than what you have ever known. I think I'm going to hold on to this for next week. But I'm thinking about Solomon, and we're going to talk about Solomon next week. In Solomon's dynasty, you see God bless Israel like he had never blessed them before. Solomon, during his reign, for most of his reign anyway, until he got into disobedience, God had given him rest on every side. He did not experience the wars like David did. He was experiencing God on the level that God wanted him to know him. He was experiencing heaven on earth. And it was God the one that was doing this. God was the one promoting this, this type of affluence. This type of blessing, this type of power to get well. This was something that God God wanted Solomon to live in the overflow and Israel to live in in the overflow. God was showing them what was possible to those who walked before him in obedience and love. And I'm here to tell you, before Jesus comes back, he's coming back for a church that understands these things. For a church that is without spot or wrinkle. That though we go through through difficulties. And though we go through challenges. We're going to come out of this like pure gold. We're going to experience the manifold power of God in our generation. Because God said so. But it's going to happen to those who truly believe the promises. Who truly understand that God is a good God. That abundant life is truly our portion. Job thirty-six, eleven. as I close. If they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Stand to your feet tonight. God, we pray tonight as we approach your divine throne. Father, that you will begin to renew us, renew our minds concerning the victory of the cross. And the divine table that you have established that we eat at. Pray tonight, Father, that you'll open our eyes. And help us to understand that we are children of the Most High God. You are the God of the universe. You are the God of the cattle on a thousand hills. They belong all to you, God. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness of it. And Father, we are your children meant to experience your divine blessing, free from every curse. Free from every disease, free from every bondage of poverty and lack. And we will walk in divine power because you said we could. We will walk in divine grace because the heavens are open unto us. Jesus, his blood has bought it for us. And we will not be denied anymore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you.